0: Hello, I'm Brooke Johnson. Welcome to my father's podcast. For this week's message or any of the messages in our archive, subscribe for free on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Bethel Christian Fellowship is a church that relies on the support of its community. We consider you a part of that community and we would love for you to participate in our financial life. You can do that at our website at drcraigjohnson.org. Whether you're new to this space or a regular pod listener, we're glad you're here. We believe that this message will bring you hope, encouragement, and guidance. God bless you.
1: Good morning in Jesus' name. Could we greet our streaming family in the house today? God bless you. Welcome, welcome. You've tuned in at just the right moment. Just the right moment. This morning, we are going to talk about a nail removed. We are in a series called On the Threshold, and we've pointed out that Caleb, the great man of God, had been promised when he was 40 years of age that his feet would one day walk on the territory of Hebron. Hebron was the great mountain outpost that was possessed by giants who were all possessed by devils. And beloved, listen to me and listen carefully to me today. Hebron was the, the giants were entrenched in Hebron. It seemed as though they'd been there forever, but they were squatters on the land, beloved. I don't know what issue in your life has gone on forever and that you think is going to be going on forever, that the devil's convinced you is eternal. Well, today we're looking at a text to show you that I don't care how long a nail has been pounded into the concrete. I don't care how permanent it looks. I don't care how deep the roots go when God says the time is up. He will remove a nail from the wall in a moment. Jesus Christ, with one word, would deliver people of evil spirits that had rooted in their family line for generations. The primary expression of Christ's power was that he had authority over the powers of darkness. No one had ever seen that. You didn't see it in the Old Testament overtly. But our precious Lord, the incarnation, the God-man, His very presence brought a thickness of glory that surfaced every demon around him and drove them out. How many of you need deliverance today? Come on. You say, I need something. Craig, there's a nail in my life. What am I talking about today? A nail removed. Well, beloved, only Jesus can deal with long, long, term situations that just seem to be permanent that the devil has convinced you are impossible it's never going to change the pain the situation the anguish the torment the assault well let me encourage you today god is about ready oh he's silent sometimes but isaiah himself said i've for a long time been silent but now i'm going to shout out like a woman in travail Ever been in a birthing room and heard a woman scream, I have many (laughs) times. No sound like it. And, And can you imagine God says, I've been very quiet, but now I'm going to scream out loud. I'm going to manifest myself in such an overt way against the powers of darkness that what you thought would be entrenched around your life forever can be changed in a moment. The sermon is called the nail removed. What am I talking about? Caleb knew he wanted Hebron. The demon-possessed giants dwelt in Hebron, but they were only squatters. They were only squatters. They had no true roots. Did you know no no illegitimate authority can remain when God, the true authority, comes on the scene? Now, I want to read a text today from isaiah chapter 22 verses 15 through 25 and i just want you to listen to the text and we'll go through it bit by bit but i want we could also entitle not only the message a nail removed but we could entitle this message shebna must go who is shebna give me a minute shebna must go Isaiah 22, we're going back in Israel's history to the time of King Hezekiah. He reigned 29 years over Judah, 715 to 686 B.C. The prophet Isaiah is speaking, verse 15, this is what the Lord, the Lord Almighty says, go say to this steward, to Shebna, the palace administrator, what are you doing here? And who gave you permission to cut out a grave for yourself here, hewing your grave on the height and chiseling your resting place in the rock? Beware, the Lord is about to take firm hold. Of you and hurl you away you mighty man he will roll you up tightly like a ball and throw you into a large country there you will die and there the chariots you were so proud of will become a disgrace to your master's house I will depose you from your office and you will be ousted from your position in that day I will summon my servant Eliakim son of Hilkiah. And I will clothe him with your robe and fasten your sash around him and hand your authority over to him. And he will be a father to those who live in Judah and the people of Judah. And I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I will drive him like a peg into a firm place. He will become a seat of honor for the house of his father. All the glory of his family will hang on him. It's offspring and offshoots, all its lesser vessels from the bowls to all the jars. In that day, declares the Lord Almighty, the peg, he's going back now to Shebna, the peg driven into the firm place will give way and it will be sheared off and will fall and the load hanging on it will be cut down. The Lord has spoken. Someone say amen. What does this have to do with you? Well, beloved, Shebna must go. Who is Shebna? Shebna was a steward, second in command to Hezekiah the king. He was the most powerful, the most influential man in the kingdom, the greatest influence to the king. We'd liken him unto a secretary of defense, a secretary of state. This guy was uh, the president's chief of staff. He was all that rolled up in a bag of chips. Shebna, uh, we don't know his pedigree, but all we know is that he was in the position for this season in the history of God's people, and he was the one that held the key. He was the one that opened or closed access to the king. He was the one that opened or closed access to all the recesses, resources of the kingdom. He was the guy you had to see if you wanted to see the king, and if you didn't give him a bribe or do what he wanted, the king was just surprisingly unavailable. Give him $10,000, you'd get right in. Someone else comes up that's poor and says, I'd like to see the king. goes, how's Thursday uh, five years from now? Shebna was for a season, the Bible says, like a nail pounded into concrete. Did you know the homes in the ancient world were built with nails in the structure? Why? Because the nails were used in the house in order to hang all your kitchen goods and all your clothes. You know what you do when you go into a house, right? Well, in the ancient world, nails were absolutely important. And they were in the temple and they were in the tabernacle because they were were a part of the foundational structure of what was built so that they could bear the weight of all the heavy stuff in the house. So this image of of the nail, Shebna, the steward, was likened unto a nail pounded with all strength into the very walls of the sanctuary of God. Have you ever ever had something in your life that is nailed so deep in the wall? Or it's a tent peg beaten in the ground so deep that you despair of it ever being pulled out? Has there been a perpetual illness again, an assault against your family, a demonic oppression, and it just seems to be there forever? Well, loved one, let me encourage you this morning. Your mountain knows your voice. The mountain knew Caleb's voice. Didn't acknowledge anybody else's, but let me tell you, when Caleb got into Hebron and said, I'm here, (laughs) it says all those giants just ran right. He came in the front door. They ran out the back door. It was an effortless battle for Caleb. And your nail knows your voice. That nail that has been profoundly enduring throughout your family, generationally, it just seems like it's always been there. It's always going to be there, and everything that's hanging on it. Now, now, again, we've been talking about fruits and roots, right? Roots going downward, fruits going upward. But we don't want to confuse roots and fruits, do we? Never. When you confuse like I did with my parents. Craig, they're dandelions. I went and mowed the dandelions. That's not how you deal with dandelions. That multiplies them in perpetuity under a million generations, the way Craig did it. lawn's clean, Mom. (laughs) Thank God for me. Now, you got to go to each one and uproot every single dandelion plant. I did not like that teaching. I've never liked that teaching in my (laughs) spiritual life. Craig, you thought you could use a lawnmower. <laughs> well, there's no, there's no easy way in the kingdom. I mean, you got to do things God's way to get the results that God promises. <laughs> mm. Shebna was a wicked steward. Shebna, his name, vigor, his name means illegitimate growth. He was an illegitimate authority for a season of time, securely planted like a peg, pounded in the wall. One of those things that you go, that's never coming out. <laughs> Let's build the house around the peg because that thing's never coming out. In Des Moines, Iowa, 28, 24, 47th Street, we, 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 were, we bought the property. There was a stump on that property. We tried to shoot at it. We tried to cut at it. We paid some folk to come out and try to get it out. My mom painted it lime green and put a birdhouse on it. That was a degree of the taste that we influenced the neighbors with. It was just an eyesore, but we just couldn't get, you know, and then we paid someone, and they came out, and it got worse. And it's just, you know, so we're talking about roots, and it's important to, to I'm sure root bad roots out, but we're talking today not about the roots of living things. We're talking about a nail. We're talking about something that seems permanent, but it's illegitimate authority, it's false growth, and it is not growth that comes with the blessing of God. Shebna on the outside had every appearance of being fruitful, but he wasn't. He had every stitch of authority you could ever imagine giving into human hands. But listen to what God said. God sent Isaiah and he said to Shebna, what are you doing here? That implies he didn't have the right to be there. He'd been there for years. Like an old nasty nail pounded into the concrete. Well, just leave that. I don't want to deal with that. That alcoholism had been in the family line forever. That nail's going nowhere. That stump... We'll never come out of the ground. I agree with our strength, with our help, and with our power. But when the Lord says, Shebna's time is at, what is Shevna? Shebna is that which is behind every pain of your life, every anguish of your life, every loss of your life, every oppression of your life, every assault of your life. There's something behind that. Did you know there's someone behind every heartbreak and every pattern that has been set against you? Your entire life and and if you don't get the root if you don't find the nail now we don't want a category mistake okay you see a nail and then you see it's carrying uh, a burden of 100 pounds all right whatever the burden is just think it could be a bunch of rocks from the backyard in a basket hung in that nail now is your problem the burden oh god please lord Shit, i'm gonna pray for this but the problem isn't the burden the problem is the nail if you cut the nail off, the burden, what, drops immediately. All of it drops into oblivion. Can you, can you imagine that all the oppression of your life against you, all the assaults of the devil against you is like that which is hanging? And we just keep focusing on the burden and the depression and the oppression and the possession and the repossession and the deeper. And God goes, look at the nail, look at the nail, go to the root. Go to the root. The nail will now recognize your voice, just like the mountain recognized Caleb's voice. It took 45 years for Caleb to get to Hebron again. But when he got there at 85, he was 85, but he was alive. He said, I'm as spry as I was at 40. But now the mountain heard his voice. The giants left in a moment the nail that had appeared fixed permanently forever was shorn off just like that see people couldn't believe jesus because they'd had these burdens forever remember the woman in the gospel of luke 13 years she's been over bowed over she cannot stand up she's in the synagogue she's in church she's a daughter of abraham she loves the lord but the bible said she had a spirit of infirmity that bowed her over 13 years and jesus said Come out. And immediately, she stood up. Now, the religious spirit wanted to know why he did that on the Sabbath. You could have done that on Monday. Does that religious spirit still make you do that with your neck? My dad used to go, when he got bit. That's what I do whenever I run into a religious spirit. A man born blind in John chapter 9, he'd never seen in his life, Christ heals him. And they go, you did that on the Sabbath. You could have done that any other day. Jesus goes, if the eighth day happens to be on a Sabbath, don't you circumcise the little boy in the temple? Is that work? Well, my father works on the Sabbath hitherto, and I do. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Oh, and they wanted to kill him all the more. Pharisees put principles over people all the time. God puts people over principles every time. What is the nail that appears permanent? What, what, Shebna, God said removing Shebna from his office was like pulling out a nail. <laughs> There's always someone you call, right? The jack of all trades, Lord and none. Hey, Mickey, what, what does that? We have a nail. <laughs> No problem. And he comes. Now, he wants to shear it off, you know, just to, you know, but we want this thing pulled out, amen? You want that out of the structure of your building? You want that completely gone? There's Now, you know there's only somebody somewhere that's an expert at the nail, and you call that guy the nail guy. Now, he's a little antisocial. He has a few demons of his own, but he can pull a nail out like nobody's business. That's the guy you call to come to the garage, and he looks at it for an hour, and then he pulls some weird device out of his trunk. Toom, pulls it out like that. Beloved, <laughs> we need a specialist with nails today. His name is Jesus Christ, and he's the only one that can remove immediately illegitimate. Light. Shebna meant illegitimate authority. Authority that came from himself. Did he have any roots in authority? No. And what does God say? What are you doing here? That implies he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be holding the key of David. He shouldn't be unlocking and locking things. He shouldn't be, oh, oh, joy if we reflect on the fact that God right now might be putting Shebna out. Wouldn't that be wonderful in every family? What doest thou here? What are you doing in my marriage? What are you doing in my body? What are you doing in my church, Shebna? What are you doing in my family line? What are you doing? You shouldn't be here. This nail is illegitimate. It's got to come out. Everything hanging on that nail will drop the minute the nail is removed. And listen to what God says to Shebna. This is God talking. He doesn't like Shebna. (laughs) Now, Shebna thinks that he has a place and roots forever in his job. Now, the kingdom is falling apart around Judah. The Assyrians are outside trying to get in. And Shebna, just think look what he's doing. What are you doing here? God says through Isaiah. And who gave you permission to cut out a grave for yourself here, hewing your grave on the highest, chiseling your resting place in the rock? Did you know this foreigner was thinking he had a secure job position, so secure he would do something only the king could do, which was to have a tomb hewn out of living rock? You go to Jerusalem, you look right outside over the Kidron Valley, and you will still see the remnant of the tombs that were built by kings or Herod also, massive one. There's one called the Tomb of Absalom that was a Herodian tomb. That means Herod built that Oh, He was a builder, heck of a builder. But you know what? Only kings had the right to say, I am so permanent in this place that I am going to make sure my tomb. It's like a pharaoh waiting for his pyramid to be built. You know what I'm saying? He started that early in his reign. (laughs) Uh, Tutmosis. we're going to start tomorrow, yeah. Because it takes a long time to make those pyramids. And only the pharaoh could fund that, right? Not every Tom, Dick, and Harry had a pyramid. Maybe they made one out of marshmallows or something. (sighs) Shebna is saying, I'm a nail nailed in the wall, and I'm not going anywhere. In fact, I'm going to hew a tomb for myself and my lineage out. I'm going to have a resting place. You know what demons say when they come into your family line? They go, I'm here forever. This is my house. This is my resting place. I'm nailed in the wall, and I'm going to take my time, and I'm going to die in this land, but I will not die before I oppress you and destroy and kill everything in your family line. That's what demons say. And what did Jesus say? When you cast demons out of a person, you make sure they don't stay empty. The house doesn't stay empty. Fill it up with the Holy Ghost, wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. Because if you don't fill that house up when the demons leave, they come back with seven worse than themselves, and they say, this is my house. See, Shebna is saying, Jerusalem is my city. This is my temple. I ain't going anywhere. I'm here forever. And God Almighty says, really, Shebna? You shouldn't be here to begin with. You're defiling my people, and you are not. And you know what God says to Shebna, to the demon, to the nail that is bearing the burden of your entire life? God says to Shebna, I'm going to grab you right now. In the Hebrew, He said, I'm going to grab you, and the implication is you are never going to escape my grasp. God is saying to the devil, that's been standing over your life, your marriage, your family, your your advancement, your whatever. It doesn't matter. If it's in, get it out. If it's on, get it off. It doesn't matter. God says to Shebna, Shebna, your time is up. You have no right to be here. You're an illegitimate authority. You're illegitimate, unblessed growth. And I'm going to grab you with my own fist. And you will never escape. And I'm going to throw you like a ball into Assyria. And you are going to die, all right. But you're not going to die. With the tomb built next to King Hezekiah, you're going to die by your lonesome in another place. Ooh, how many say Shebna has to go? <laughs> Whatever it is. Shebna is anything that has been in your home, your family, your body, your health, your finances, your just your mind, where, wherever you have been tormented by a nail driven in that says, I'm not going anywhere. By the way, the devil always says that just before he leaves. I'm not leaving. Really? In the name of Jesus, you're going to leave. You're going to get out and you're going to stay out. Did you know what Shebna was? He was a squatter. Yeah, he was in the temple. Yeah, he was on the land. Yeah, he had the key of David. Look at the sacred things hanging on this wicked nail. The very key of David. Now, Once Shebna is thrown out, God has a guy named Eliakim, which means the Lord resurrects and brings him in. And he says, now, now nail him in. He's the correct nail to nail into the wall. How many of you know you need some relationships and friendships that are legitimate nails once God expunges the demonic name? (laughs) Lord, could, could I have a legitimate nail nailed into my life? Could I have someone other than Shebna? overseeing my life. Shebna wanted to manipulate, control, and seize the finances and all access to the king. But guess what God said? You're a squatter. You don't have any legitimate authority here. I myself, the Lord says, I'm going to grab you and throw you out, and I'm going to bring in Eliakim. But you know what? We look back, we look further into the future, and guess what this text references? Who has the key of David that opens and no one can shut and shuts and no one can open? Remember, that's in the, I can't remember the book of Revelation. Where might that be in the Bible? I would believe the Bible from generation to revolution. I'm sure you do. I even believe in the Schofield sermon notes in the Bible. Amen. Praise God. If the King James were good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for me. Listen. Revelation 3.7, and to the angel of the church at Philadelphia write these the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds, See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have a little strength. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my commandment to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world. Wait a minute. So Shebna... Didn't have a legitimate right to carry the key of David. It went to Eliakim, a local righteous guy, for a while, but it was destined for the Messiah, the God man himself, who said, By the way, I wear the, I'm the nail that's driven deeply into God's house and into my holy church. I alone bear the authority of the key of David. I bear the honor of the kingdom. I bear the glory of God. Jesus said, I am God's nail driven safely and securely and immovably into god's house and no one will ever remove my authority jesus says you got to look beyond shebna and eliakim now between shebna and eliakim is 140 years between shebna being thrown out and eliakim coming into that position and and being the true nail nailed in the was 140 years after that we come to the time of jesus christ our lord It's in the book of Revelation in the 90s where he's speaking to John. And he says, just so you know, and just so it's clear, I am the nail. I am the one that bears the glory of the kingdom of the Father. It's all hanging on me. Isn't it a blessing to think that he might be breaking the nails off? Can you imagine? I have had friends in the last few years who had nails shorn off and the heavy weight hanging by them was gone in a moment in a moment wasn't you know pray check your eye and look again see if you see anything no i don't it's worse you know i've been in those healing meetings you're under a little bit of pressure you know do what you couldn't do okay jump up and down now okay how do you feel any pain any pain that always made me nervous i don't know about you i mean we need to do that but not i won't be doing that when Jesus did it, it was a one-shot thing and undoable. I'm in that class. Amen. <laughs> and to me, it just stresses me out too much to try to be in a performance zone. But that's neither here nor there. It's just Craig's humble opinion, and it will remain that. All right. Whoever is behind your trouble, whoever is behind your tears, your pain, your anguish, your setback, your bondage, must be removed. God said to Shebna, what are you doing here? You have no right to be here. Secondly, until Shebna is is gone, though, your trouble's never going to go. It's just mowing the dandelions down. Unless the nail is dealt with, the weight it's been bearing will just be put up. Take it down on Monday. It'll be put up on Tuesday. Have you ever noticed that? If you just mow down the dandelions, it's just going to come back. And your neighbor as well thank you because now 10 miles are blessed with your dandelion anointing. Do you see God alone can root out and remove the nail and so everything falls in a moment. Boy, have you ever had a moment like that with God? It's like a lightning ball, aha moment where you get a deliverance. You're not going to be delivered. You are delivered. You sat down one way, you get up another way. That's what we're praying for today. Shubna must leave. And God says, I'm grabbing you myself, and you can't escape. I don't know what your power is fighting evil spirits. Mine was completely delusional as a boy. I would say to demons, come out of that woman and shine my shoes on the way to hell. Oh. I mean, even Michael the archangel has some respect for Lucifer and says the Lord rebuke you in Jude, remember? Remember? He doesn't say, I'm Michael who's going to chain you one day and throw you in the bottom of this pit. <laughs> Shine my shoes on. No, no. Michael is smart enough. The only archangel mentioned in the Bible is Michael. <gasps> and one day he will put him in the pit, but not today. So Michael goes, the Lord rebuke you. I mean, can we learn a little something? I'm, you know, I'm 63 now. I don't want to mess with bees' nests and just go and hit them with a bellow bat. Like, <sighs> cause trouble. <laughs> I want as few bees around my house as possible. Rather than when I was 18. Beehive, behold me! You know, it's like, oh God, Craig, 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 don't, don't. It was fun for a minute. (laughs) Shebna is behind the bondage, Shebna is the nail in the wall, but it's an illegitimate authority. And this, even the demon itself says, I'm going to be here forever. I'm going to hew out a tomb. You're not moving me anywhere. And you know what God does? Three things. He demotes Shebna, disgraces Shebna, and he deports Shebna. Anyone need anything demoted, disgraced, and deported in your life? Not just move 14 inches from the right to the left. Well, I pushed them over there near to the cross that's on the wall. No, no, no. You need things demoted, disgraced, and deported. And unless they are, they're still there. As long as Shebna was there, the problem was still there. As long as the nails in the wall, everything is going to stay hanging there. And you're deluded to think anything different. Well, we could paint the nail. What would be Jesus's favorite color? Scarlet? Let's spray paint scarlet. There, it's a scarlet nail. No, no, it's still a nail. And all your burdens are going to stay hanging. Well, we could put some cologne on it and perfume. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, let's build it into the, let's do a feng shui change, Okay, Let's put sort of a Malibu look, and we'll put a few, no. No. As long as Shebna was there, the problem was still there. As long as the root was there, the fruit was still there. God said, Shebna must be removed, and I will do it myself. And he will not escape my grip. Well, he escaped Craig's grip for 63 years. (laughs) I mean, the only time I have authority over the devil is if Jesus is standing behind me in an encounter. And then it was him, you know. And I used to think, boy... I'm Johnny Ringo here, boom, 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 come out in the name of Jesus. No, he was just standing behind me at the point, going, shh, don't mention anything. I'm behind Craig right now. Beloved, that's all we need. We're we're speaking in his name. It's in his name. We're walking in his name. We're approaching the nail in his name. Oh, Lord. You know, we used to, in the early days, have deliverance. We called them deliverance meetings. They were actually just psychodramas lived out. Every bipolar, borderline personality, attention freak would come to our little deliverance service, lay on the floor flapping like fish for five hours, and then they'd fall asleep. They'd come back the next night and do the same thing. And after a while, we'd go, you know what? Maybe there should be something. This nail never seems to be coming out (laughs) because there was no nail there. A young Christian once said, "Pastor Craig, when should I cast demons out?" I said, "When you encounter them." We weren't waiting for that. Dang it. We were inventing them out of whole cloth, thinking they were there, projecting them there in the chair, and casting them out. It was a lot of fun, but after five hours with the same eighty-pound kid that's going like this, you know, and. <laughs> Now they're 60 and they're still going like this. All right. Now, I'm not trying to be funny, but uh, I'm extremely funny, actually. A nail removed, beloved. Do you have a heart to see now? God is going to use the anointing on you. He's going to use your grasp to grasp Shebna, where he cannot escape. It's like pinning the devil to a wall with a laser. But we need God's power to do that. Because in our own strength, Satan loves the smell of our sweat. He loves its favorite cologne. Because he knows that's not the Holy Ghost, that's Craig. You go, that's Craig, I don't have to leave. Remember in Acts chapter 19, the seven sons of Skeva, the so-called exorcists were wandering around and they find this demon-possessed man and they say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, come out of the man. And the demon said, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who the hell are you? <laughs> and it says, leapt on him and all ripped their clothes off and almost killed them. That was not a meaningful encounter in the spirit. Why? Because they didn't have the authority to pull an illegitimate nail out of the wall. But in Jesus' name, we have the authority. Paul had the authority. Demons know, by the way. Shebna knew his time was up, but no one would dare say it. And he still talked every last second like he was going to hew his tomb out and have a resting place and be there in Jerusalem forever. But God said, nope, and thanks be to God. Your mountain knows your voice. Your nail knows your voice. Nobody else's. Do you know when I was a little boy, my favorite book, and it was a book God brought into my life because I couldn't understand the Bible to save my life. I always opened it up and Rem begat rapped that one. But what I did understand was that little yellow children's book called The Sword and the Stone. Remember that? The sword in the stone. I used to watch that movie all the time. All the pretty music. like worship music. It was little Arthur. Remember what his brother Kay called him? Squirt. You know, he's just disrespect and and little Arthur, remember his voice is like and they find the sword that's buried in the stone, and Arthur just goes up and he can pick it up and pull it out, and he puts it right back in, you know. And he like drags it home, you know, and his brother Kay sees it and he goes, Oh, you know. And Arthur puts it back in. And he goes, Well, once it's been taken out, once anyone can and Kay, of course, the idiot, can't pull it out. What's the point? <laughs> you gotta be God's anointed to be able to pull that thing out of the stone. And God is giving, in this season, a clear reminder in and through you, Arthur, or Guinevere, whoever you are in the spirit, that nobody can pull that sword out but you. Nobody. No one could deliver Hebron of its demon-possessed giants but Caleb. The mountain knew Caleb's voice. Your nail knows your voice that is going to be removed. And you know what? You may not have an anointing to do everything. I had the weirdest anointing when I was in my teens. I mean, weird. We'd have people healed of strange things, but they would all die of something else. I used to refuse to pray (laughs) for certain people with certain diseases because they all died. I'd pray for them, and they all immediately died with like in a month. So I said, you know, I'm going to steer clear of that one. <laughs> God will give, give you an anointing to pull one kind of sword out of the stone, not a dagger, not a derringer, not, but just one, find that and stay in your lane. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> if just one thing works for you, just, you know, okay, I can grab a shebna, and I can throw them out, but I can't grab a shebna or a Glen, or a Wanda. <laughs> i found the anointing works where it works, when it works, how it works. And, and part of our sensitivity in this season needs to be to recognize what lane you run in, recognize where you have strength. And you know what? Your strength usually comes from your wounds. Your anointing flows from the scars in your life. Oops. I knew a precious woman who was a very high class prostitute for a season in her life and she got born again and she got full of the holy ghost and she accepted jesus and there was an immediate transformation in her life everything changed but she made the mistake of giving her testimony at the wrong church and the wrong youth group one time and the youth pastor came and said how dare you talk like a filthy whore in front of my kids don't ever open get out and she was a brand new Christian, on fire for Jesus, just showed her wounds, just gave her testimony, just told the great things God had done for her, and a religious spirit quenched her and shut her down for decades. And she had a false sense of shame and guilt because a religious spirit doesn't want people free, so it will always shun you, shush you. Limit you. And I told her years later, I said, Sweetheart, you've been quenching your own anointing. You've been closing up the very well. Your anointing flows from those wounds. And the devil t- offended you and got you early enough to shut off that flow of life. And now she was liberated. Now she ran to the roar. Now she led with her limp. Now everywhere she went, she said, I was a high class prostitute who got $1,000 an hour. It's like, okay, that's a little too much. Pull it back just a hair. Nail that nail a little more subtly. and yeah. But you know, we all learn, right? <laughs> whatever your anointing is to pull, whatever your sword is out, nobody else can do what you do. Your nail knows your voice. Shebna knows your voice. Beloved, what is it? Behind your sorrows, behind your despair, behind everything that's tried to limit you, tie your feet, bind you. You know, I had a prophetic word from a, premier prophet in Nigeria in uh, 2004. And uh, he greeted me by name, didn't know anything about me, called me by name. Uh, We're talking Old Testament kind of stuff. We're not talking about, I think I see a piece of cheese and there's holes in it. Does that make sense to you? No. It wasn't a piece of cheese. It was more like a floating cow. No. This guy called me by name as I entered into the room where he was, and he named three things that no human being could ever know about my life. Now, before I saw him, I put every sin under the blood from 13 up. (laughs) There was no African prophet (laughs) going. No, I hid under the blood of Jesus. I invoked the blood every moment I was talking to him. I'm praying under, this, under my breath in the Holy Ghost, just to praying that blood on me so he can't see. <laughs> don't understand. I'm not seeing anything. But he saw everything. And one thing he said to me, which was a revelation to me. He said, uh, Craig, there has been witchcraft against you your entire life. And its intention has been to get your childlike sense of humor and delight in life crushed out of you. And I said, it hadn't worked. He said, it doesn't work. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. Satan hates being mocked in any way because he really wants to act like he's God, but he's just a fallen creature, right? It isn't the triune, thrice holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the devil on the shelf with him. Never. That's blasphemous. Satan is a creature like us. He came to be, he can cease to be, and he is in no category whatever with God. He's he's a dog on a leash and he's God's dog. Don't you ever exalt him where he shouldn't belong. But he wants, he's a mouse with a flashlight, he wants to project himself on the wall. Ooh, look and be afraid. Shebna was no trouble for God. God said, I'm grabbing you myself and you get the hell out of my place. And, and you're going to die. Oh, you're going to die in a tomb, but it's going to be in Assyria. So he threw him like a ball. <laughs> he demoted him. He disgraced him. <laughs> and then he removes him completely. That's what we need to see now. And God will put the word in your, your nail knows your voice. Your mountain knows your voice. God, you don't need to yell. You know, I know we are tempted where I was taught to yell all the time at demons. Why? If you have authority, all Caleb had to do was say, I'm here. You know, People used to invite me into homes that are demon possessed and this, that, and the other. And, you know, that's a little scary to begin with. You know, it's like, no problem, I'm your man. Uh, get my uh, anointing oil over here and I'm going to take a little bit of water from the Jordan River. And then you walk in and it's like, uh, you can see your breath. <laughs> Everything drops 20 degrees. It's like, okay, no, what? <laughs> what did Lester Summer all do in Chile? <laughs> Greg, you seem to be peeing your pants. Uh, Are you all right? No, it's fine. This is intentional. I meant to do that. But one thing I learned is that I would go front loaded in, you know, like, and the demons eat popcorn and just applaud and howl, you know. It's Greg. Watch. It's going to be a hell of a show, you know that really gets exhausting even when you're 18 that's like a real quick you know does anyone have a Gatorade or is I just need a Snickers A uh, my sugar's low yeah well what I learned over time was these nails that would obey my voice would obey my voice if I would worship and I would center on God, and I would bring his presence in. It was sort of his presence that they were scared of. It wasn't my sweat. It wasn't my voice. I didn't have to yell. And did you know, have you ever done Bible roulette, you know, when you're desperate, and then you hear Isaiah 42, 19, and you open it up, and it says, Whore, you shall be exposed to the nation. I did that. <laughs> I gave a precious young woman the wrong word once from Ezekiel. Oh. She came up after church. I'm tired. I needed a little orange juice, but I just sort of went with my dyslexic inversion of two verses. And the verse said, Whore, I shall, I shall show your breasts to the nations and kill your children with death. It was one of those Old Testament. She came back the following week very humbly in line. I thought, what's she back here for? She got a word last week. She said, Pastor is this really the word the Lord gave me? I went, oh, <laughs> no, honey, no, I'm so sorry. You know, I quoted the Koran or something. It was like, watch the word you give, okay? That I heard a Christian comedian do that. I actually did that. I think he stole that from me. So I have never been winging it since I give a little look at my pocket <laughs> Bible before I send you off with a word. Yeah, but, Lord, help but I learned that it wasn't about me and I didn't need to yield and it wasn't my authority that would grab Shebna and throw him out and disgrace. It was if I would worship the Lord and I would bring the presence down and ignore all the loud demonic manifestations and ignore all the screaming and all the growling and all the cursing and all the foul language and I just would worship then the presence of God would come down and that nail would be pulled out. And I thought, Wow, it's a lot easier too not a six hour screaming session till your horse, <laughs> but you do learn things, even in the fake deliverance meetings. <laughs> I cut my teeth in on these deliverance meetings, <laughs> yeah. and you do occasionally run into an eighty pound young girl that throws men my size around, juggling with them. And that's when you get really humble before God and <laughs> think in terms of fasting. <laughs> next time you ever get your butt kicked. It's really embarrassing as a young minister to get your butt kicked by an 80. We, we had a lady pound girl that had some demonic problems, and she was throwing me around and big fat guys around. <laughs> I just thought, you know, we need to retreat a little bit. And. <laughs> And take a breath because, you know, I had to do some proclamation. This evening is over. We are not messing with this anymore. We'll come back at another time. And we just hoped she would move to Russia or something. But she didn't. She kept coming back. But, you know, sometimes you have to retreat. You know, when in doubt, sit it out and figure out, wait a minute. It is God's power through me removing this nail. It is God's power through me gripping Shebna. And it is God who is doing this work through me, if at all. Father, I pray right now. Gretchen, please walk around and minister to our people as I pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for every nail, every nail that seems permanently driven into the wall and declares itself to be rooted forever, oh God. I pray for every Shebna spirit that says, I'm here and I'm going to die here and I will destroy you. Before I die, I'm not leaving. I pray right now, Father, that you would uncover the false lies of the enemy who tries to steal, kill, and destroy. In Jesus' name right now, I command that Shebna spirit to come up and out and away from my precious brother in Jesus. Father, I thank you for my precious brother, Lord. Whatever nail seems permanent, remove it now and let the weight and the burden that has been hanging on this nail for 40 years drop off, all of it, into the ocean and drop into oblivion and be gone forever and never return and never return. Lord, whatever Shebna is, if it stays, everything's going to stay the same. If it leaves, everything will change. And Father, we pray for our precious sisters right now, Lord. I rebuke illegitimate authority that has been clouding your life and threatening you and and claiming it as access to let you out or let you in or let favor come or go. We curse you, filthy spirits, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you, my sister. Her mountain knows her voice and will obey. In Jesus' name, leave. The nail knows her voice. In Jesus' name, leave. Leave the house. Leave the marriage. Leave the life. Leave the body. Leave the finances. Leave the everything. You filthy unclean spirit we thank you lord for an effortless flow and release of your holy spirit right now oh it is you precious holy spirit who lifts the burden and removes the yoke it is you lord through your precious presence that 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 exposes and demeans and dismisses these evil things lord come holy spirit and deliver my sister and deliver my brother and deliver these precious men, women, boys, and girls made in God's image. And we thank you, Lord, for binding every witch and every warlock and all their filthy spells and filthy curses, whether they were cursed in secret at a shrine, in the depths, wherever we, we reverse the curse. Thank you, your word says there is no enchantment against Jacob. Thank you, Lord, you said of Abraham, whoever blesses you, I'll bless. Whoever curses you, I will myself curse. Father, we thank you right now for cursing the Shebna spirit in every manifestation and form under the sound of my voice to those who are listening, God. And that you would do it for them, and that you would do it completely with a beginning, middle, and an end, a thorough and clean work, Lord leaving nothing, Lord, stick in your thumb, pull out a plum, and say, what a good Lord am I. Do it without anything left inside, any little stitch of the leeches left inside, any little shred of shrapnel left in. We pray you pull it all out, Lord. Pull that nail completely out, oh God, remove it, so that there's, there, and then cover the hole right now. And God, we thank you in advance by praise and by faith that you are going to nail new friendships into the wall of our life, and you're going to plant new rooted relationships in the wall of our life, and you are going to, Lord, in place of Shebna, bring Eliakim. You're going to bring in the holy ones who, who are the legitimate authorities in and around our lives, on which you hang all your vessels in your glory, Lord. We want to see a big old fat heavy glory of God come in our time that you will hang on all your nails, Lord. I bless all your holy nails in this house. I bless all your holy, holy servants, Lord, who have given their lives to you, have surrendered everything to you for your sake, God. Let us be Nails that bear your glory in this last day, Lord God, that no one can misdiagnose and misname. Bring your beauty, your peace, your deliverance, your rest to your people, God. Hang it on us. Make us a nail in your house. And somebody said, amen. Ezra chapter 9 put it this way to his people. He said, I'm going to give you a season of grace. I'm going to nail you into the wall of my temple, deep and profound nailing. When God nails something in, it's in, and it's permanent, and it stays. Come on. Amen. Well, bless you. Can you give him praise? Can you put your little paws together? Come on, sheep. If you're a sheep, put up a paw. Come on now. (laughs) We bless you in Jesus' name. We praise God the nail is removed. Shebna must go. Oh, what a mighty God we have. Do you remember the song? What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Then we modulate ten times. What a mighty God. (laughs) Until all the old folk dropped off breathless. (laughs) He's mighty. He's gracious. We thank you also, Lord, that you're making us into that little Philadelphia church, that little love church, that church made up of men, women, boys, and girls who love you for you, who have an I-thou relationship with you, who don't have an I-it relationship. We don't want your gifts. We don't want your stuff. We just want you. And we thank you that you went to that little church, the Philadelphia church, and you said of all the seven churches, I want you to become visible to all the world. I want the body of Christ to sneak in and look in the peephole and see you. And I'm going to set an open door before you that no one can close. He's not giving that to every church. He's not giving that to everyone. He's giving that to his little Philadelphia love church folk, you, his beloved, his remnant. He says, I don't want everybody out there. I want you to be visible to them. So don't be shocked right now if your cloaking device drops off your starship and everybody notices you. Sometimes God puts a cloaking device on you and you could not, they wouldn't see you. They wouldn't see if you walked up to them wearing a red hat. When God cloaks you and hides you in the house, you're hidden. You're invisible. They can't see you at all. You can yell and scream and they won't see a thing. But when the Lord breaks that, cloaking device off of you and I think that's going to happen to a few of you you're going to become visible to all people, amen little love church Philadelphia, amen praise God, one more time let me hear my remnant clap, put your hands together oh bless you bless you uh, and, and we, are, we love you if you have any prayer requests send them in and also those of you, you may be new here, we don't, you don't have to reveal who you are and But I would ask you to help us out. I would ask you, if, if we feed you, you feed us. How's that sound? Maybe you don't tie. Maybe you think, oh, God, if I give them uh, 20 bucks, they're going to track me down to my grave. No, we won't. We don't track you down. We don't contact you and ask you for more money. We do not put your name on that mailing list of the evangelist that's going to start sending you serial emails every day. We don't do that. We simply say, if we feed you, you feed us. We, in eight days, we need $3,000 in eight days. So I would just appreciate if you know I'd just send a check into the Hampton Inn, which is in the mail, arriving tomorrow, which they will cash on Friday. Praise the Lord. But in eight days, we need that replenishing. And we want to thank you. All of our Regular givers, this is not an appeal to you. This is for those of you who might be new, who might say, well, my $10 doesn't mean anything. Yes, it does. If we feed you, you feed us. You can go to the PayPal, push the button, boom. You can do that. And we will be so grateful by faith. Amen. We're going to give God a praise on credit right now that that's something. Maybe you don't tithe anywhere. Maybe you haven't been to church in years. Remember, you just go, I I don't even know. Well, we'll take it. Amen. We'll take it. $5, $2, $5, 2 it doesn't matter. There's nothing too little. There's no amount too little. Amen. And for the platinum givers that give the $10 million, the Elon Musk givers, you will get a picture of me wearing this God-forsaken outfit, praying for you on the Rock of Agony in Jerusalem. Actually, it's just in my backyard. <laughs> we have this lying evangelist that used to say, I'm praying for you in the Rock of Agony on the Mount of Olives. And he's in Encino shooting this in his backyard, but that's not us, okay? If I send you a portrait of me praying for your family in the Rock of Agony, it will be on the Rock of Agony. But for that trip, you have to send another million dollars. (laughs) We're going on a trip to discover the ark. So, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift his countenance unto you and give you peace. Amen. Bless you.
0: We hope today's message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please visit our website at drcraigjohnson.org. There you can find additional messages of encouragement. And if our ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider us in your ministry giving, as we depend solely on the financial assistance of our listeners like yourself. Also, please feel free to send any personal prayer requests. You can find us online at drcraigjohnson.org. God bless you.